welcome back to Cancer Perspective. Thank you for joining us. Today's topic is on cancer genetics. Cancer itself is a cell that mutates. The mutations that happen within cancer is almost always a mutation that develops over time. This is called a somatic mutation. Today's topic is cancer genetics that you could potentially be born with, or a germline mutation. There are often risk factors that we can try to change to lower our risk of developing cancer, such as limiting alcohol, maintaining a healthy weight, being physically active. What we can't change, as as we've already discussed, age is often a very important factor, and we can't change that we get older, nor do we want to. We can't change our family history that puts us at higher risk. We can't change a personal history of cancer, our race or ethnicity, and certain benign conditions that might lead to a potential higher risk of cancer. Included in what we cannot change is inheriting a gene or a gene mutation that can potentially put us at higher risk of developing cancer. When we talk about an inherited gene, we inherit a copy of our DNA from each of our parents. Within that DNA are these gene segments. Each gene contains information about a certain trait, and those genes are transcribed and translated by the cell to make proteins. These proteins create what makes us us. A gene might code for eye color, When I think of a genetic code or genes that code for certain traits, I think of a paragraph of three-letter words. The sequence of three-letter words are called codons, and they determine that structure of the gene. That structure of the gene then determines the function. For example, if several three-letter words make a sentence, the cat ate the rat, and there's been a mutation in that final three-letter word, it might say, the cat ate the mat. That changes the whole function. Sometimes there is a stop code, and you might end up with the cat ate, and we don't know what they ate. Then there's the possibility of adding a letter, such as the M for the mat, The M could be placed where the A is in cat. Then it comes out as the CMA tat et era. Makes no sense. Or sometimes a letter is left out. In the case of leaving out the H in the, it's tech ada tet her at. The whole structure has changed in all of those situations. Sometimes that structure is just nonsense and doesn't hurt the actual function or even change the actual function and therefore is not a problem. Sometimes the nonsense does change the function of the gene and potentially leaves an opening to develop cancer. We have a DNA surveillance system that's supposed to go in and help repair misspellings, missing letters, 
and try to correct what has gone wrong. In the case of a misspelling that you were born with, it's potential that our workers that are supposed to find the errors don't recognize it as an error. In the case of these germline mutations, they come from the reproductive cells, the egg and the sperm, and whatever genetic material is in these cells is in every cell of your body. And it also may be passed on to an offspring that you eventually have. The difference in the somatic mutations, they are acquired. They develop over time. Somatic mutations are extremely important on the fight against cancer in that oftentimes drugs are specifically used to target very specific acquired mutations. Your oncology team will often test the cancer itself for specific mutations and then develop your plan of care based on that. When we talk about germline mutations, we are identifying what you were born with that may put you at higher risk for the cancer you developed, potentially other cancers in the future, and also potentially what you could pass on to your children. Normally, each person has two copies of each gene, one copy from their mother, one copy from their father. There is dominant inheritance, a mutation happened in only one copy, either the mother or the father, and a child of that parent has a 50% chance of inheriting that mutation. And then there's autosomal recessive inheritance. In order to develop a mutation, you have to have both copies of the mutation. Both your mother and your father must have that mutation that misspelling, the same exact misspelling, and then both of them have to pass on that same exact mutation to you in order for you to develop that same mutation. Only 5 to 10% of all cancers are caused by inherited genetic mutation. Most cancers are called sporadic. You acquire a gene mutation and it cannot be passed down. That's about 80% of all cancers. Then there are familial clusters where multiple family members have a cancer or a group of cancers, but there is no germline or hereditary link that can be identified with today's science. These are thought to have multiple influences. A family-type diet, exercise or lack of exercise, a combination of issues, maybe a family of smokers or secondhand smoking. These familial clusters are usually found at later ages and develop the higher risk of cancer anyway. They may be hard to pinpoint why these family clusters develop, but just based on family history, you may need earlier or more frequent screening than a general population. We think of signs of an inherited mutation if you or any family member has had pancreatic, ovarian, fallopian tube, primary peritoneal, male breast cancer at any age. Breast cancer, colorectal cancer, or endometrial cancer at age 50 or younger. You or your family member has had two separate cancer diagnoses. That's what we call two primaries. 
If you or someone in your family had triple negative breast cancer at age 60 or younger. We have not yet covered a lot on breast cancer. We will in the future. Triple negative means estrogen receptor negative, progesterone receptor negative, and HER2 new protein negative. You or any member of your family has had prostate cancer at age 55 or younger or metastatic prostate cancer. You or any family member has had colorectal cancer at any age with tumor testing that shows microsatellite instability, MSI high, or other tumor test results suggestive of Lynch syndrome. Endometrial cancer at any age that's MSI high or shows other results that suggest Lynch syndrome. If you personally or any family member has had 10 colon polyps, any member or yourself has had rare or young onset cancers. If your ancestry includes Eastern European Jewish ancestry and having breast, ovarian, or pancreatic cancer at any age. And of course, anybody in your family that has had testing that shows a mutation in a gene associated with hereditary cancer. Another list shows that signs of an inherited mutation include more than one family member on one side of the family that has had a combination of the following cancers. Breast, ovarian, fallopian tube, or primary peritoneal, prostate, pancreatic, melanoma, colorectal, endometrial, stomach cancer, or rare young onset cancer. There are many different potential gene mutations for cancers. You may be familiar with BRCA1 and BRCA2 that are associated with breast cancer. They also may be called BRCA1 and BRCA2. BRCA1 and BRCA2 are also associated with breast, endometrial, fallopian tube, ovarian and primary peritoneal cancers, melanoma, pancreatic cancer, and prostate cancer. Just within breast cancer, there are genes called ATM, BARD1, CDH1, CHECK2, P10, RAD51C, STK11, TP53, and several more. We all have, for example, the BRCA genes. When you have a mutation in the BRCA gene doesn't mean that you are at higher risk for breast or those other cancers unless it's in a very specific spot. Even if you have a very specific potential bad mutation, it doesn't mean you will develop cancer, but it does make sense to be more proactive in your screening and potentially take some measures to decrease your risk factors. If you were to come to me to discuss the testing for a potential inherited cancer risk, evaluating your genes, we would first want to find out if you meet the criteria. So we would go over what we call a pedigree or your family history. Including in that meeting, we would have to have testing disclosures that include the costs. There is a cost for the genetics appointment cost of developing the pedigree, doing risk calculations, identifying the appropriateness of testing, which test to do, and the cost of the initial genetics appointment will include documentation for coverages. In addition, what the cost of the test is. What are your out-of-pocket costs? 
what does the insurance cover, and the testing company charge. Then there are the other appointments that may follow, such as the disclosure appointment, talking about the results, what are the next steps, who else may benefit from testing, and family letters. Disclosures also include talking about the GINA laws. GINA, G-I-N-A, stands for the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act. This prohibits employers of 15 or more employees and health insurance companies from discriminating against us based on our genetic results. And there is qualifiers to certain insurance companies that may be exempt from the GINA laws. The GINA laws do not apply to life insurance, disability insurance, or long-term care insurance. For example, if I were to have a genetic mutation that puts me at higher risk and I'm looking for a life insurance, they potentially could charge me more or deny me coverage based on my genetic risks. During the initial consultation, you'll talk about how to test. Can test by blood or saliva or even doing a skin punch biopsy. Skin punches are more appropriate with genetic blood cancers. And it takes two to three weeks to get those results in most cases. Of course, we have to decide what to test. A single gene? Someone in your family may have tested and been found positive for a pathogenic or disease-causing mutation. And you want to find out if you have that exact same mutated gene. Then there's a core panel, maybe for breast cancer or colorectal cancer or Lynch syndrome. Then there's disease panels like breast and gynecologic. Or it might be appropriate to do a multi-cancer panel, a full evaluation of all the genes that we can test for that we currently know that put us at a higher risk of cancer. Then two or three weeks later, the results come in and you can have one of three results. A positive result is that a pathogenic mutation was identified. You have an inherited higher risk of developing cancer. What is that gene? What are the risks? And what are the next steps? Who else should be tested? How can we monitor you? Then there's negative. There was no pathogenic mutation, but we go back to the calculated risks that we did in the beginning with your family pedigree and evaluate, is there a risk of cancer based on your family history? What are the next steps to monitor for those risks, if identified? And then there's a third result called a variant of uncertain significance meaning that you may have a misspelling in a gene, such as the BRCA gene, but it is not known how that misspelling could affect your cancer risk. Variants of uncertain significance, or VUSs, are innocent until proven guilty because it has been found that the vast majority, after more and more people are entered into the world's literature, the vast majority will be proven innocent. So all are considered innocent until proven guilty. It can be scary to see a misspelling in a gene that you are aware that causes cancer. 
but there is no difference in monitoring for a VUS than the general population that doesn't have this mutation. Once we know you have a pathogenic mutation, we create a screening plan specific for you, and it is based on the cancers associated with that gene and your family history. We talk about risk reduction that may lower your risk, potentially that is making sure your body weight goes down. For the BRCA genes that I have mentioned, there is a potential of having a prophylactic bilateral mastectomy to lower your risk, for example. Taking away your breast tissue lowers a risk by more than 90%, but it's not 100%. And because only 3% of all breast cancers with the BRCA mutation are diagnosed before 30, they don't recommend any surgeries before the age of 30, giving you time to assess your full risks and make informed decisions. There are other options associated with risk reduction in the BRCA genes, too. In general, reducing risk for anybody, whether they have an inherited gene that puts them at higher risk, includes maintaining a healthy weight, being physically active, limiting your alcohol, being vigilant about cancer surveillance, and knowing your family history. These are just touching the basics of cancer genetics, just like our whole series so far has been hitting the basics to get a better understanding. More questions come when you are actually tested and your genetic team and your oncology team will help you through each step of the way. We will get into more and more depth as we continue this podcast. Thank you for joining us. Take care and spread kindness.